This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast's occasional show that is known as In Off The Post with me, Stamford Chidge, and the absolute leg end, which is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. I've done this gag before, but surely bellend, Chidge, surely. I'm too kind to oh, call you a bellend. No, but that just goes with leg end, doesn't it? What would it be? Nose it, end, arm end. Yeah. Leg, uh, yes, leg Preston leg. North end. North End, yeah, that'll be it, yes. Yeah. Preston North End played West Ham in the 1965 FA Cup. 1964 FA Cup final, was it? I think. Yeah. What think about so. the 1923, or was that Bolton Wanderers? That was Bolton. That the, was Bolton. The White Horse final, wasn't it? White Horse final at Wembley. You were there, of course. Of course I was. I was on the White Horse. That's right, was... that's right. That's why your close friends call you Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby, or, Bobby. Yeah. Or Ned. Or Bobby, Bobby Policeman. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Or Ned with the horse with the nose bag. Ed, Ed, do you remember, the, well, Jonathan remember the talking bag. horse, maybe. You remember, but do you remember how horses had nose bags? They did. That? Nose bag has a very different meaning these days. It does. It's changed, unfortunately. Much, of, Just, much, much it, like those who love Tuchel and Bugle, apparently. 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 Yeah, allegedly, even. But allegedly, very similarly, allegedly. We are, we are not even two minutes in, and this show has taken the most surreal turn. I mean, how do we do it? I do not know. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Basically, in off the post, a show where me and Jonathan get a bit surreal on your ass, and occasionally read out emails that you're the fantastic. I mean, I mean, they really are actually the fantastic support that we get for this silly little show uh, is evidenced by the the wealth and depth and brilliance of the emails that we get in from the people what listen. So, and the love. And the love, Chief. And the love. Don't and ever love. forget the love. Never forget the love. So there we go. So um, we love doing this show, me and JK, and we get to read out your thoughts on what's going on with uh, Chelsea at the moment. Uh, we have, um, I can reveal exclusively to you that we have 12 emails tonight, so there will be a half-time break. Um, and they are on a variety of topics, but I'm not going to spoil it. So I'm just going to hand the first one over 
to JK. This is from uh, the ubiquitous Paul Foster. Good old Paul. Dear, he's get something wrong in the first sentence, though. Dear Chidge, JK and gang. I'm sorry to say, Paul, that it, there is no gang. There is no uh, there is no James gang. There is no uh, uh, there is no uh, gang of four. No chain gang. There is no yeah, and no uh, uh, gang show. No, it is uh, or gang bang. No, that's terrible. I, I um, just knew you were going to go there. I couldn't. I, knew I couldn't you were help it. Go there. I couldn't help it. I could because it rhymed. Anyway, uh, it's just the two of us. Um, first things first. Great show. Love it. Fantastic guests. What's which one is he you're referring to? Which show you're referring to, Paul? All the guests. All the guests. All the guests. All the guests. Yes, of course. I particularly love the Chidge and Jonathan bromance. Well, I don't know anything about that, but you know, okay, okay. Um, Who needs the Kardashians when we have you two? Oh, okay. Thank you. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I must. I must. uh, We must stop showing the love, Chidge, mustn't we? Um, I've I've never watched the Kardashians, so I don't know. Things a lot of naked flesh, isn't there? Is in that, that? well, you, you've got your kit off on the fan cast before. I have, I have, I, yes, <clears throat> yes, yes. Well, it was after a bet, wasn't it? It was I, indeed. I, a bet, it a bet that you lost, as I recall. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the bet was. <laughs> Nor can Did I. I th- and I think we'd finish. Uh, I, th- I thought we'd win the Champions League that year. I was one year out, if I remember you were, right. Weren't you actually? Yeah, to be yeah. Fair, I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, unlike, unlike you to be late. <laughs> 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 anyway. I thought I would write and share my observations on the sad tale that is Mason Mount. Well done, Paul. Absolutely agree with you. It needs to be assessed and approached and looked at because I agree with you. And I was think- only thinking about him. Uh, I watched a bit of very small amount of United last night and uh, looked for him and he wasn't there. And I thought, yep. Mm. Uh, I think we all lament the loss of the player that won Chelsea Player of the Year for two consecutive years and wonder what the holy fuck happened. Here's my tuppence worth. Tuppence, 2p, 2p um, or not 2p, based on hard facts, although I've never met Mason, had any contact with him or his friends and don't follow him on Twitter, Facebook or in any way whatsoever. Well, funnily enough, Paul, um, I sat next to his dad uh, at a game. I can't remember which game it was. It was away somewhere. And he actually said to me, you're that bloke who does the fan bite. And I said, I am. Yeah. And he said, I'm Mason Mount's dad and I really enjoy what you do. And I said, that's really lovely of you. Thank you so, so much. So your objectivity is not compromised in any way whatsoever. Whatsoever. Whatsoever in this. <laughs> it isn't. Um, uh, anyway, essentially, I believe that Mason went into a terminal sulk following the Tuchel debacle. I get it. I think many of us thought and still think this was a piss poor decision from Bowley and co. But come on, Mason, you took it to a whole different level. Look where it's got you. Hmm. I think there is an alternative view, Paul. We'll get on to that in a minute. Um, when I see you in that disgusting red shirt, it makes me so sad. I agree with that. You look like a man who's been dumped by the love of his life and then married some mega. You've got, <laughs> you got a blowjob from in the loo at your local. <laughs> You're a... <laughs> making me cough you're a shadow of your former self that, that's what, what we... that's what he said after the play but he said afterwards yes. <laughs> that's what she said that's what i meant yes what a waste of talent i just hope you one day you can shake off the great sulk and step back into the light but my deep fear is you will instead spiral ever downwards in the doom loop of obscurity i'm going to say that again i like it so much the doom loop of obscurity 
Take a leaf from Conor Gallagher's book, Mace. It's very true. He was a young man. It's faced uncertainty, dealt with rejection and remained true blue. Now look at him leading the team from the front, showing everyone his blue heart. That should be you, Mason. Interesting. It's a very good point, actually, Paul. What would be happening if Mason was about? But really interesting. Who would perhaps perhaps we would be saying goodbye to Connor? Anyway, instead, you've joined the like of Edward VIII, abdicating your right to the crown. Mm. Shame on you. Shame on the club for letting it happen. Um, who's Mrs. Simpson then, if he's Edward VIII? Anyway, I'm glad that's off my chest. The current team. Harry looking... Maguire. Ah, yes. Yes. Perfect. Good old dear Harry, who I'm still bemused plays for England, but never mind. That's down to Southgate. And yet Southgate's record is without peer, is it? It's fantastic, other than winning anything. It's peerless. You see, you see the stats with what Southgate's won. You have to go, actually, yeah. What's he, he won? Just, uh, that's exactly the point. I just said he's won fuck all. That's the problem. That is the problem. Anyway, the current team is looking pretty good, in my opinion. Lots of potential. Greed completely poor. Uh, Potts seems to do a competent job. Just hope he finally has the ability to win something meaningful. We all think that as well. On a separate note, I'm doing... I don't want to hear this. I was doing okay in the predictions. I've got worse and worse. Ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing, maintaining a top 10 place. Then last week, bam, one shite week of predictions. I've dropped down the table faster than a horse draws. Story of my life. Horse draws, story of your life. Okay. Keep up the good work. Uh, give JK the occasional foot rub, Chidge. Don't let the, let the love go stay. <laughs> it's not my foot I want robbed. Oh, no. I would never, oh. ever let the love go stale, Paul. Don't you worry about that. Thank you. All the best, Paul F. Good points, Paul. Good points. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it was, I think we've established, it wasn't a terminal south that he went. He went to. Well, it I might think have been. It, well, it, well it, it, they changed the... Um, uh, I think that's what he came on and when Potter played him completely out of position as a substitute and he did nothing, he didn't run around or anything and then he was injured. Well, I, think. I, th I think he was exhausted he, he was exhausted after the season before. I, I don't think any of us can really understand the impact that... Uh, well, I think we should be able to understand the impact that getting rid of Roman, the crap that the club had to put up with during the sale and then being sold had on him because we went through it and it was really upsetting for all of us. So it, it will have had an impact on Mason because he cared about the club. And as you said, he was injured as well as exhausted. Then, then, then Potter course, came in the, and was a knob. Yeah, knob. And then we got the contract problem. Well, that, that for me was the... I mean, it's interesting. Paul says hard facts. None of us know the hard facts because none of us are there. So all of this is really conjecture. But I do have it on pretty good authority from people who know or are close to it, put it that way that um, a contract was pretty much agreed by Bowley and then he came back after the World Cup. He didn't want to sign it before the World Cup. He had the World Cup to focus on, came back from the World Cup. Bowley had delegated it to Wynne Stanley and the other Muppet that they've got there and they'd, turned, they'd torn that contract up and said, no, here's the contract we want to negotiate now and it was completely different. And I mean, you know, all of us have worked long enough to know. I mean, put it this way, actually, JK might know this as well, but... If I mean that's that's almost tantamount. If 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 you have a contract, I mean I know he hadn't signed the new contract, so maybe I'm talking ass here. But if you have a contract with your employer, and they tear it up and try and give you a new one, you can you can have a, an employment case against them for constructive dismissal because it's unilaterally changing the terms and conditions of your employment. And this I I don't think that's exactly the same amount, but it's not a million miles away. So he had the right to be fucked off royally, and I think the message it was sending was we don't we don't really care if you're here or not. And he's a professional footballer and he wants to play football 
and Man United waved a lot of money at him. His dad likes Man United, and off he went. I mean, I don't look. I don't think we're ever going to get the to the bottom of this, Paul. I, I think I think the emotion needs to be taken out of it. Although I can also understand why there is so much emotion around it because I loved Mason Mount. I thought he was going to be the future of Chelsea, and like you, I'm gutted that he's gone to the dark side. But I think a bit of reality has to be played in as well. As at the end of the day, these guys are not us. They are not us. You know, they they do it for money. They play for a lot of money, etc., etc., etc. So you know, you you have to kind of sprinkle a bit of that reality on it as well. What do you think, J.K.? Well, I think the club was trying to work out a kind of policy of uh, of not offering the same kind of enormous contract that we've been offered under Roman, and unfortunately, he was part of the enormous contract brigade. And so they changed the uh, they changed the um, the yardstick, didn't they? They changed the uh, what's the expression? Goal they changed. The, there's the expression. Well done. They changed the goalpost. You think I'd know? We're talking about football, but I didn't. That, that I mean, was that was the clue. That was the clue. Football, wasn't it? They changed it the goalpost. And um, uh, I think um, if it was if they're becoming unbelievably stats based, which we know they are, um, because if you look. Intriguingly, that boy Gordon is playing out of his skin for Newcastle. Funny and that because I, I watched the game last night. I thought he's not that good. He he gets the to the he's, he gets the ball very quickly and shoots. I don't think he's he's no better than Mudrick. Okay, good to know. Uh, I, my opinion, you know, only and yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. I've seen him play once for Newcastle, so it's not really very. It's not it's not a big sample size, is it? But. Well, but but my, what I'm trying to say is, I think that if and they, they did, did well last night, didn't they, the Geordies? <laughs> Big club, <laughs> my fucking areas. If they, um, even we beat Dortmund at home. Yes, yes, yes. And who's it? To Callum Thingy, your Wilson, mate, mid- your mate, Callum mid- Wilson. Mid- fucking well, yeah, he scored. He scored about forty-three goals in sixty games or something. He's done okay, mate. I, I laughed my cock off when Dortmund scored. I won't lie. I was watching it and I laughed and laughed and laughed. I'd love to see the Geordies put back in their place, actually. I really would. I'm with Cundy on that. They're not a big club. Is that what he said? Yeah, Cundy always winds the Geordies up on TalkSport. <laughs> He's right. What have they won in 50, 60 years, he says. Quite. I mean, I remember, like you do, I mean, it's very pertinent, really, because we were, we were talking to Mickey Thomas at the weekend, weren't we? I remember when we were duking it out with them in the second division, when everybody says we were utter shit. Nobody says, where were Newcastle when they were shit? They've been shit for most of the last 50 years. They had a little golden period when they had Keegan and Bobby Robson. And they, they had a little period under Moncour, I think, when they got to the... Well, they won the, the Fairs Cup in 67. Cup. Yes. Only trophy yeah. they've won since 1950-something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, mate. Since Jack, War Jackie, since they're, they're, Jackie. they're a big club because they fit about 50,000 mental Geordies in St. James's Park every week in a one-city club. Yep, there's nowhere else they can go. Absolutely. There's fuck all else for them to do, mate. I've been, I've done interviews up there, and you get hundreds of people hanging around just for a glimpse of one of the heroes. He's got so many goals. It's a fucking batshit club, mate. I tell you. Well, if they can find a horse, they can give it a punch. And they punch horses. There should be a play called "They Punch." They punch horses, don't they? Don't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we could do. You could do it as a parody of uh, "They Shoot Horses," don't they? And do it all in Geordie accents. Yeah. Can rewrite it. Yes. 
God, I feel better for getting that rant off my chest. It's woken me up considerably. Um, but there we go. I hope there are no Geordies listen, listening. Sorry if there are. Love, anyway, well, love you all, my, really. Ending my statement that that, that <laughs> stats-wise, I was just thinking that I, I don't think he did very well for two years. And I think no, they looked yeah, at yeah. stats and they thought, I, I don't think he's he's going to make much progress well, here. Oh, it's a load of bollocks, isn't it? But hey, who knows? I mean, here's the thing, though, Paul. Bottom line is, he's left. He is no longer a Chelsea player, and we should therefore give absolutely no fucks about him and what he does in the future because he's not a Chelsea player. And he's an ex Chelsea player. He is no more. He has gone to meet Man United. He's pushing up the United turf. Well, he's not quite doing that, but uh, the bottom line is he's not ours. He's theirs now. So we don't have to care about him. And the other thing is better players than than Mason Mount have left Chelsea Club, uh, Chelsea Football Club, and we have survived. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. Now, it's funny you talk about Mason Mount, JK, because I have an email here. Well, actually, it's not an email. It's an Instagram post, which I, as I often do, completely forgot about. Dane uh, WhatsApps me them, and then I forget to read them out. So this is quite an old one. But actually, given Paul's email, it's absolutely on point. Hi, Chidge Gang. Chidge Gang. Is that like a gang bang? Maybe not. There is there is a kind of stroke in it, isn't there? Chid Stroke Gang. Yeah. Okay. That sounds a bit perverted. Anyway, was quite surprised at the tone, no pun intended, you all spoke about Mount in, uh, an, in on the preview pod. Uh, I was personally disgusted at him. Jumping ship to United, despite having... This is Tom Kamaski, if I didn't say so before. Despite having a more than decent offer on the table, both from the previous ownership and the current one, this is a guy who made out like he was Chelsea through and through, but then jumped ship at the first opportunity. In my opinion, he's a snake. He didn't do the bit. I did that for effect. And that's one that's shared by did you, all. Did you want me to go? No, no. I just thought of doing it at the time. I'll do it again. Okay. And then you can do the bit already. In my opinion, he's a snake. Trusting me. Okay, fine. That's, that's from... Uh... That's from uh, The Jungle Book. Okay, fine. That's a bit before my time. Anyway, uh, do you know what? Jungle Book is probably the first feature film I ever got taken to see in the cinema. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'm the king of the swingers. Are you now? Well, so I've heard heard in the denizens of uh, Wandsworth, mate. I've hit the top. Has to stop, and that's what's bothering me. Okay. Um, I'm not so. Hang on. In my opinion, he's a snake, and that's one that's shared by all of my match going mates. I'm not saying you lads should have been outraged, but was just genuinely surprised at the leniency you showed him on the pod. This is one of our own who won the Champions League with us, and he fucks off to United. I was disgusted, and he won't be getting a warm reception from me when I when he comes back to the bridge. Would welcome a bit more of an in depth discussion on it on the next pod. Great to have you fellas and the football back. So it kind of dates it, but it's very relevant now. I mean, Tom, I'm going to stick by what I said, uh, you know, in response to Paul's uh, email, but I don't ever buy into that they're one of our own. I mean, because they're not like you or me, Tom. You and me, Tom, would probably be stupid enough to play for Chelsea for free because we're stupid enough to love the stupid fucking club that much. These guys are professional footballers. They They don't have any loyalty. The only people in football who have loyalty to a football club are the bloody nutty supporters like you and me. So I don't I don't buy this stuff that he I don't think he owes us anything, but I agree with you 
horribly disappointed he went but i i think that none of us absolutely know the facts of what went on i mean as i said i stick by what i said a minute ago that i heard about the fact the contract uh that was agreed was torn up and they tried to start all over again which frankly i think is very disingenuous and not on and taking the piss so i think he had the right to have the hump with that and maybe he knew some knew some things that we didn't maybe maybe there was an element of what jk uh, that was saying was true which was uh, that maybe he saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't really going to have much of a, a, a part to play in Chelsea in the new regime when they were buying all these players. The bottom line is, Tom, none of us know. Uh, and because none of us know, I'm not going to leap in and kick the shit out of somebody based on very little knowledge. Um, you know, So if you think that that's me being lenient, then that's fair enough. That's up to you. But uh, I just think I was I was being honest and giving the view that I believed in, which is all I ever do on the show. But, you know, if you really have got the fucking right role home with him, mate, that's absolutely up to you. Is that fair enough, JK? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can I can see the angle he, he wishes to to pursue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, g- g- good on him. You know, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, mate, I mean, I, I, I've, I've had the real hump with the... I mean, I'm just... Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting on a bit now, Tom, you know, so... I've probably mellowed a bit with age, but I do remember when I was younger being absolutely apoplectic uh, with rage at, at players who I felt had, dis- had dissed Chelsea because they'd gone to another club uh, and thereby insinuated. I mean, Andy fucking Townsend, I've still, I'm still bitter about that, you know, because he went to Villa to win more trophies. I mean, you know, so I, I get the anger. I really do. But I think with this one, I think there are so many intangibles and unknowns that it's hard to... So that, but no, as I said, look, mate, you can you can be as, as as pissed off as you want to be. I totally applaud and embrace that. So there you go. Thanks for the uh, message, and so, Tom. Sorry that it's taken me ages to remember that that Dane sent me this. But as luck would have it, it was serendipitous that we were. I knew we would be talking about Mount. So there you go. It did in perfectly. It did. Uh, this is from Daniel Cabral, uh, the lovely Daniel Cabral. Um, who went and ran a marathon? He did, and uh, and put up a fundraiser with Sandy Hook Promise, and uh, he uh, he sends a little note saying, "Hello, Chidge and J.K. Wanted to thank you both for sharing and adding to the fundraiser with your support. We raised nine hundred dollars for the Sandy Hook Promise, and as you can tell, <laughs> the fact you're writing this, yes, I survived the twenty six point two miles. Thank you again, two best mates in the world, sending love across the pond, across the pound." Sending love across the pound is that a is that a it's a Freudian it's a Freudian typo is it or is it is it selling England by the pound is it, a, is it a Genesis reference Do you know what the next article of my CFCK article is going to be um, Genesis's influence on the Chelsea team on Pochettino a lamb lies down on Broadway uh, it's not it's going to be selling Chelsea by the pound hey hey there you go now you know I love it. I love it. Is that going to be the next the next article then? Yeah. Is it that? It so, might not be actually because I might actually do one on the uh, something that we're going to talk about on Friday, which is the uh, Christmas Eve game. Yes, and that one's that. going to be entitled "Happy Fucking Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> Dave would never let me get away with that. That's what I'd like to call it. No, he wouldn't, would he? But, uh, but it's, it's very apt. It is. It very is. It apt. is. Um, Daniel. Uh, very sweet of you to say thanks. I'm so glad that you managed to achieve the marathon and live to tell the tale and that you've raised $900 for the Sandy Hook Promise, a very, very worthwhile cause. Um, I, and I know we shared it and stuff. I, I, I need to, I hope I hope you can still donate because A, I'll retweet it or repost it 
and B, I, I need to put my hand in my pocket and cough up for some oh. of that. I think I might have been away on holiday at the time, so I kind of missed out. But I, I must uh, must do that because you certainly have earned it. Right, uh, Marco Delavelle. Good evening, everyone. Once again, another fantastic show. I say this with surprise in my voice. I don't quite know why, but anyway. I know we have Arsenal visiting us on Saturday, and I've just heard that Rhys James is going to be a doubt again. However, this may not be a bad thing in terms of the result, as Arteta will most likely go with a right-footed player down that side, as he often seems to do. So actually, it could be beneficial for Pochettino to play Mark Cucurella... Instead of Malo Gusto, this could nullify the arse. Well, that didn't go quite to plan because actually Cucurella ended up on the left, didn't he? And Malo Gusto was on the right. But uh, I see where you're going with this. However, we may also lose the attacking impetus that a right-footed player would give us. Give Cucurella his due. He's been relatively solid over the last few games, in my opinion. However, he cannot be the answer on a permanent basis. But for this type of game, I feel he will be very well suited. I think we will win on Saturday, despite our injury problems. Sterling is on fine form. The centre-forwards look like they're about to click as well. But the most... Ahem. But the most important player for me on Saturday is Conor Gallagher. The reason being is that Conor is tenacious and aggressive in his approach, and that is what you need to win a London Derby midfield battle. Hopefully Enzo and Caicedo will follow suit, and that may give us the edge that we need. What are your opinions on this? Keep the blue flag flying high. Best Marco Delavelle. Well, I mean, I see where you're going with the Cucurella, but Cucurella ended up having a brilliant game, didn't he, J.K.? And, he did, uh, but he played on the left. He played on the left, and we had a, and and I mean, Connor was the leader in terms of getting in and everybody's faces and pressing and pressing and pressing, and we did, I think, win the midfield battle. So you were fairly prescient in that, and uh, you're right. We should have won the. Well, you said that we would win. We should have won. So I think you're that's pretty good insight, considering you wrote that before the game, and we're talking about it after J.K. It occurs to me that also we could call Gusto Mal, couldn't we? We could call him. He Mal. could be the Irish right back, Mal exactly. Mal Augusto. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm going to do from now on. Actually, Mal Augusto. Yeah. Mal Augusto. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, Cucurella has. Uh, it even better than relatively solid, Marco. You... He's been. Um, <laughs> he, he's been. He's been like a. Um, a canine repossessed. Mate, we should call him Windy. Win- Windy Miller. Well, no, Windy. Well, Windy. Windy, windy Gusto. Yeah, Windy Gusto, Windy, mate. I mean, come on. It's crying out for us. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I think that, that, yes, says it all, well, really, doesn't it? No, I know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm just trying to make the connection. You know, it was like trying to call Enzo when he was playing E7, trying to call him Hackney. Nobody paid it. People kept going, what? 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 Who's Gillette anyway? Yeah, who's yes? People still say who's the who's, super who's poodle? Gillette? What's the yeah. about? Who's still, yeah, who's short shorts? What's what the that? Fuck are you yeah. talking about, you muppet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I now do the fan bite, I make sure that I I say uh, Gillette Sterling and short shorts Jackson, so that people know I'm you, talking. You should do about. a special fan bite, just saying what all of the names mean. Yeah, like yes, like a key. Yeah. Yes. yes. JK's key. guide to JK's fan bite. Do it in a Tomlinly Warner accent as well. Yes, good. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is my guide to the characters I've created for the fan, fan bite. Wouldn't it be funny? Fan, 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 fan bite. Fan, fan bite. The fan, fan bite. bite. Yes. 
Yes, or not. Anyway, um, this next one's from John Dunt. Proper Thought name, I'd... that. Proper name, isn't it? John Dunt. Dunt. You know yeah. where you are with a name like John Dunt. I you like do. it. You you certainly do. Good old Dunters. Yeah, Dunty. Was he called Dunty at school? I do don't think? know, mate. The Dunster. The, the Dunster. Dunt. Yeah. I like it. But I dare to write this email as you're the perfect audience to hear my ranting madness. We are. We are, Dunster. I mean, John. First of all, I apologise for not reaching the standard of writing you regularly receive from other writers, as I'm definitely no wordsmith. You see, already that sentence is better than the way that Chidge and I speak. Already. <laughs> not hard, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy the fancast, but listening for a couple of years now, enjoy listening to your interesting guest and hearing the listeners' emails. This is what we are doing at the moment. Together with a few Chelsea mates, I've been travelling up to the bridge and occasionally away for many years, having moved from Hemel to Bristol some years ago. I've seen both the good and bad times over the last 50 years from the team I love. Oh, oh, the Clifton Suspension Bridge. Oh, stand there in the middle of a storm. Wow, brilliant. It moves, you know, Chidge, moves. Um, anyway. That would be let's... because it's a suspension bridge, J.K. Hey, Chidge, you have it right. You are absolutely My correct. father was a civil engineer, you know. Hey, good. Good, good, good. Anyway, let's get out of business. Score, Chelsea. Score once, you get one, you'll get more. Score, score. Where do you get one, you'll get more. Uh, yes, a much-loved song for many blues followers of a certain age. Also very apt how I feel regarding the inability we have to do the fundamental requirement of the beautiful game. Am I right in saying we've all stood bemoaning our team for not being able to score nor to win games of football? You are absolutely right, John. We have been saying that. It seems the last three to four years, our ability to bring on or identify a class frontman who knows where the back no knows where the back of the net is is quite astonishing. Absolutely agree, John. We've been, in fact, we talked about that on Friday. But hang on a minute. What about our wingers? Number 10s, and yes, our midfielders. I thought some of them surely would be capable of chipping in with 8 to 12 goals a season. Without looking at any stats, I'm sure our competitors who look to finish in a top six position actually do score goals from midfield. Uh, Bakayako, Drinkwater, Barkley, Kovo, Kova, Kanti, uh, Cheek, Saul, some good and some bad midfielders there. None who could hit a cow, cow's arch. Cow's arch? Sorry. <laughs> Cock that up. None who could hit a cow's ass with a banjo. The one player could manage to do that when properly fit was Mount. We know what happened to him. Um, in fact, he lost the ability, didn't he, actually? He lost the ability, John. He began to uh, um, get it there or thereabouts, which isn't what was required. He caught the disease. He'd play it once more wide. So you thought we would have looked at wingers. So you'd have thought we'd have looked at wingers and midfielders who could not only create were value for money, could score a goal. When the Scousers bought Jota, I thought... He would have been good for us. When the arse went for Trossard, I thought, yep, good squad player, got a goal in him. Why haven't we looked at him? And the Spuds went in for Madison, surely just the player we were looking for. Lastly, Ward Prowse, creative, great on set pieces, really fucking cheap. Well, in fact, the last two is a we've we've talked about that a lot on the uh, on the fan cast. Um, but I think they go over the 25 year um what you call it it's the the limit isn't it it's the yeah. the that's we're not supposed to no get resale value absolutely absolutely and i agree completely about madison madison is thriving at spuds and i agree completely about ward prowse um we haven't got anybody who, who takes free kicks at the moment nobody can do it i mean interesting to see does does palmer take free kicks i haven't seen that he might be able to might we'll have to see because palmer seems to be uh very good at doing everything but anyway um so what do we do in the summer? We buy three quality midfielders, Enzo, Casido and Lavia, for nearly 300 million. Great midfield players, but are they going to get 10 goals between them a season? 
definitely not. Um, Caicedo won't. Uh, we don't know anything about Lavia yet because he's got injured again. Uh, Enzo appears to have a, a kind of snapshot that always goes straight to the goalkeeper's midriff. Um, so, uh, no. Um, okay, stop ranting now. Maybe things looking up. Broger's back. Jackson. Mudrick will hopefully find the goal scoring legs. Mudrick is beginning to do the business. Palmer is looking the part. Yes, and Kunku apparently not an out-and-out striker, but should improve things when he's fit. And J.K., your mate Gillette, may just may continue scoring. He has improved. He's got much more, much quicker, much more direct. Um, uh, but as you say, we haven't got an out-and-out goal score. It was interesting watching Haaland score twice yesterday. The second goal was phenomenal. And also interesting watching Watkins at the weekend score a goal out of nothing. You need somebody up there who can get the ball in the back of the net from an angle, just from, it gives the players an out, doesn't it? It gives them a focus. It gives them somebody. And also it adds to the to the, the possibility of our winning. Um, to conclude, chaps, our attacking players must start scoring consistently. Maybe with any luck, we'll bring in a top-class striker in January. It's what we've been talking about. Looking forward to the Arsenal game on Saturday. Maybe us Bristol boys will catch up with you in the cock, which has been our chosen destination for a pre-match sherbet for many years. Thanks for indulging me on Ryan Rantings. Keep the fan cast flying high. Come on, you Chelsea and score, score, score. When you get one, you'll get more. Up the Chelsea, John Dunt. Well done, John. I think we, we, we've been debating all of this, haven't we, Chid? We have. Uh, actually, one point that John picks up on, which we have talked about before, but not for a while, is... Uh, He's absolutely spot on. Good teams, you know, title winning slash, uh, you know, chasing teams score goals from all over the park. So they don't just rely on a strike. I mean, you know, you, ideally you want your top striker or two strikers to be scoring 20 plus goals a season. But you want your midfielders, you know, you do want some of your midfielders to be capable of scoring goals. And you, you really want, you know, you want about 15, 10 to 15 goals a season from a a decent couple of midfielders. I don't know, maybe we're spoiled on Frank, who used to regularly score over 20. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've been saying this for... I mean, I mean look, I, I, th- I think Conor Gallagher is actually... He's capable of putting away 10 to 15 goals in a season. I think he is a goal-scoring midfielder. I just think he's not... It's just not quite clicked for him in that respect this year and in, in the way that it hasn't really clicked for any of them. I don't think you'll ever get that from Enzo or Caicedo. They just don't look like they can score. Uh, nor did Jorginho, nor did uh, Kovacic. Kovacic scored ridiculously brilliant goals and also ridiculously brilliant 20-yard hoofs over the bar. So he was never going to be a, a prolific goal scorer. Um, Mount did all right, of course, but he was more of an attacking midfielder. Havertz didn't score enough goals. I mean, it's it's not new. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is a bit of Lampard-tinted spectacles with this and maybe we were just spoiled rotten with him. But I, th- I think if you think about the, the, the great Chelsea sides of that era, you, you usually had Drogba scoring, you know, 20-plus goals in a season, Lampard scoring 20-plus goals in a season. JT would cough up with a lot. So you had goals from everywhere, and we certainly don't really have goals from anywhere at the moment. Although I have to say... We have scored eight goals in our last three games. Yes. So things are possibly looking up. Indeed, they may well be. Let's hope so. Now, this next email is arguably the most interesting email we've ever had on the show and one that I never thought I would get. So, you know, strap in and brace yourselves for this one. Buckle up for this one. Buckle up for this one. Gary Gary Brussels, men. 
As a lifelong Liverpool fan, I find myself looking forward to your podcast every week, which is a credit to the charm and the repartee of the hosts. Oh, thank you very much, Gary. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to discredit Gary by putting on a shit, a shit Liverpool accent. I should start again. Men, I love the fact that he introduces it. Men, indeed, we are. As a lifelong Liverpool fan, I find myself looking forward to your podcast every week, which is a credit to the charm and repartee of the hosts. I don't think he's talking about us, J.K. But anyway, um, it's especially <laughs> enjoyable listening on a Monday after a Chelsea loss. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. The recent struggles of Chelsea FC have made for interesting schadenfreude. You naughty man, you. Uh, I'm surprised you men are loathe to admit that Sterling is your best player. Well, he's not. Hang on. Hang on. Hold your horses, JK. I know I know you've been peaked, but there we go. Don't peak too early. Uh, to eavesdrop on the enemy, I recommend the Anfield Rap, the highest production and most intelligent Liverpool Football Club fancast. Cheers. Gary Brussels. Now, Gary, I'm astonished, nay, delighted, nay, surprised that uh, you would be listening to the Chelsea fancast, but fair play for you, uh, to you for doing so. Uh, even more fair play for writing in and actually being reasonably civil, um, if not a little witty, really. I mean, you know, the schadenfreude. But ah, fair enough, mate. But as banter goes, that's pretty good, if you ask me. Now, I, I, I happen to know the Anfield rap. Um, I know a few of the boys on there. Uh, we've, uh, we well, back in the day when we could be asked to, to enter into the Football Content Awards. In fact, you know, we, we used to reg- I used to regularly see the Anfield rap boys. Um, and then when the Anfield rap boys started winning it, I realised that we would never win it again, so I can't be asked anymore. So that's all the Anfield rap's fault. But I bear no grudge, because I've met a few of them, they're decent lads. What I would say about the Anfield rap is that they are probably the original or the first of the fan-produced podcasts to go absolutely professional, and they are absolutely professional. You know, in other words... They do it really, really well. They do it professionally, but they do it for money. They've made a they've made a living out of it, and fair play to them. They're 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 all right, and they they you know a lot of what they talk about is fairly decent. So I have I have listened to it once or twice. But Gary, thank you for uh, uh, writing in to our to our show and listening to us. I'm very amazed that you you, you do. But well done you. Uh, and as for Sterling being our best player, I give you Jonathan Kidd. Well, <laughs> well men, well men, yes men. <laughs> Men. Men. Um, uh, I dare you to do it in a Liverpool accent. Well, I'll do it in that kind of Liverpool accent if you like. You know, it's that kind of sort of, uh, you know, uh, Paul O'Grady. Um, no, I won't. Um, it was very Paul O'Grady, actually. Thanks very much. It is. It is my impression of Paul can you do it? Can you do it like Ringo Starr? Uh, I can't remember how he speaks. Can you do it like Steve Gerrard? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not, I don't want to. Uh, it's, it's too difficult for the Larry. No, it's easier to do that one. Um, uh, <laughs> I find that um, uh, Sterling is playing a lot better than last year because he was uh, really phoning it in last year and I was very keen for him to leave because of his lack of contribution. And yet... Um, uh, he he is adding something to the team because we didn't think he'd we thought he'd play him down the middle as a kind of false nine against Arsenal but um, Pochettino played him at the right wing and uh, it is slightly kick the ball down the wing and he runs after it at great speed but he is running very well 
Um, and it, the alternative is he gets it before the fullback and he kicks it past the fullback and he runs after it at great speed and beats him. Um, but he is a, a, a very decent attacker and he, of course, had a fantastic centre for the, the handball in the uh, the 15th minute, which led to the penalty, um, which led to the referee uh, spending two minutes waiting for the ball to go out of play and then um, trotting over over to the uh, the monitor and preening and coming out 10 yards before making the decision. Um, and as we know, and I said on Friday, it would be so nice if they could just say it's a pen to him and he doesn't then have to make the decision. He goes, OK, guys, you're my equal. It's a pen. But that's not the way it works in football. It works that way in rugby. And uh, but that's not in football. But anyway, um, uh, back to Sterling. Um, he played marvellously against Burnley, who are not very good. He played marvellously against Luton, who aren't very good. And I thought he played. Um, better than we thought he would against Arsenal because we thought he's only turning it on for the lower teams. But um, his, his, his great pace is really something to add to the mix for the club. Um, he, he just needs to step it up even more. He needs to get become more of the, uh, uh, the top player he clearly was for City. Uh, I think he was helped by the fact that he had such great players around him. Um, but... Um, uh, yeah, he needs to feel he's part of a winning side, I think, and then uh, which is beginning. I think was beginning to happen. Then I think then we'll see more of him. But I wouldn't say he was the best player at the moment. I think Palmer's the best player, uh, and the midfield is coming together. But he is part of the mix at the moment. So um, uh, thus, uh, we, we aren't loath to admit he's our best player, Gary. Because well, I am because he's not. It, uh, he's not our best player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, there's another, another there's another take on this. What Gary could be saying is that what you're loath to admit that actually most of your players are unheard of or shit, which automatically by default makes Sterling your best player. Which I suppose is another way of saying that Sterling is our most experienced player, which is true. Apart from, of course, everybody's forgetting, as are you, Gary, the fact that we have one Thiago Silva in our midst, which is our one genuine world class player who's still doing it, even if he is 89. Um, and uh, quite often he is our best player. I mean, do you know what? I think the problem that we have with Sterling, he was abject last year, by the way, but then they were all pretty poor. But I think the problem we have with Sterling is that we spent a lot of money on him. He was supposed to be a marquee signing. When you spend a lot of money on a marquee signing, you expect them, and particularly an experienced international one like Sterling, you expect them to come in and hit the ground running and be the best player every week, turning up, delivering, pulling everybody up with them. And he has never done that thus far. You know, this is not a twenty-one-year-old kid who's come well in, who's got very well who, yes. who's got potential. This is an experienced international player who's won it all. And you, you, I, I want more from somebody like that. And we haven't got it yet. Now, as J.K. rightly said, and I would agree with him, he's playing a lot better this season. But you know, we need to see more from him. I think. Yes, we do. As I said, he needs to he, he needs to to think he's well, whether it's self belief or whether um, it shouldn't be. As you say, he should just turn up and be the best player. But I think he's uh, I think he's improving, and um, if he improves, then we're going to get a decent a decent go out of him. But he he earns more money than anybody else, so you really think he would make more of an effort. But last season, he was, as you said, Chidge, completely abject. So as as were most of them. It has as were most of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now, about about this time, uh, in tr- talking of Liverpool, Alexis Sale, one of my favourite comedians, a scouser, uh, born in Anfield, I believe. Um, but he he would say on the young ones, right about now, I like to mm, have a pot noodle. 
uh, in a very famous edition of The Young Ones. But it's the same thing here. It's about time we had a break. But before we do, we have a few messages for you people out there. The first one is the latest edition of the wonderful CFC UK fanzine is now available. Uh, you can buy it. Uh, you'll be able to buy it this Saturday at the Brentford game uh, from the stall uh, where you can see Marco and other wonderful, lovely, friendly people. Or, of course, from one of the CFC UK sellers uh, positioned on Fulham Road. The stall is opposite Fulham Broadway. Uh, now, if you can't do that, don't worry. You can you can get a hard copy mailed to you uh, or a PDF emailed to you. And to do that, you have to email fanzine at cfcuk.net and subscribe for a year. To do that will cost you 20 quid in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid for the rest of the world. And if you want it digitally, it's six quid for a year or one pound each. And you can pay via PayPal. Now, a lot of ruminations go on about the stadium development. A lot of uh, a lovely statement actually by Chris Izzett from uh, the CPO went out last week reiterating the current situation, which we ourselves have done on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a good time to buy a share. If you really have the best interest of this club and its future at heart, the one people you can trust are the people who run the CPO. And the reason you can trust them is that most of the shareholders are you know, diehard Chelsea supporters who've dedicated most of their entire life to supporting this club. So they clearly have the best interests of this club at heart. Now, to go and buy a share, just go to ChelseaFC.com, search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Uh, I think the cheapest shares are about 100 quid for an electronic share, uh, and you can pay up to about a couple of hundred quid for a signed frame one. But uh, nevertheless, a share entitles you to a vote in any of the uh, EGMs that may come up when we start to hear about the redevelopment. And while we're on that subject, um, and as I said on the preview show tomorrow night, we will be talking about the Christmas Eve fixture. And uh, um, as you know, the Chelsea Supporters Trust had an AGM a couple of weeks ago, uh, where coming out of that are the motions we put forward for the year for our membership to vote on, so that we have a mandate from the membership and one of the motions is always that we support and encourage share ownership of the CPO. Uh, incidentally, um, it's election time as well, so there are a number of people standing for election to the Supporters Trust, um, and if you're a member, you need to go and vote. Uh, it's a contested election this time. There, I think there are 13 uh, nominees for nine seats at the board, so do remember to vote. It really matters that you vote for people uh, because then again, the people that you vote for will have a mandate. Now, the reason I mention this is because I know, as I'm a member, that uh, the emails, some of the emails from the trust with the voting link, have gone into people's spam. They went into my spam. So have a check. You know, if you haven't had an email from membership, uh, the uh, uh, the membership address, I think it is uh, from the supporters trust, with the with the voting link for both the motions which you have to vote on, and for the new board then just check your spam because it might have ended up in there and I'd, I'd hate you to miss out and not have the opportunity to vote because it is important. So there we go. Right, JK and I will be back uh, in... Oh, no, I've got one more. I'll do it. I'll do it at the end of the show. We'll do the last plug later. See you in a minute. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. 
NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Sanford Chidge, and you are listening to In Off The Post, the ever-so-wittily-titled show where we read your post, apart from the fact there is no such thing as post anymore. It's emails or Facebook messages, Twitter messages, Instagram messages, uh, what else? Patreon messages. You name it, you send it in to me, and we, me, Stanford Chidge, and him, Jonathan Kidd, We'll read them out. Ain't that the truth? It is the truth. Yes, actually, it's nothing. Nothing like a uh, a nice written letter, is there? That uh, most letters I get are, are demanding money. Yeah. So I suppose with uh, menaces in my case, usually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pay up now, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. But there you go. Hey ho, we've got another six emails to get through, J.K., and they are all perfectly formed. Ah. <sighs> Here we go. Uh, Dara Byrne. Evening, Chidge. Duke of Kid. Thank you. Duke, 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 Duke of Kid. And your other fine guests. No, Dara, no. Just Chidge and I. Saturday, about 7pm, we appeared to be flying. Two goals to the good. On top, looking comfortable. Life feeling pretty sweet. I agree. Uh, brain fart from Sanchez. Yep. Arsenal able to get back in it. But even after their second, we still look the more likely to score the winner. Uh, not sure about that, but because um, they almost scored another one, didn't they? When uh, what was it in Keita? Was it him? Got the ball across. Who was their player? Can't remember. Anyway, in Ketia. Ketia, yeah. So I won't look on this as a negative. No, when I agree with you, we're not looking on that way. We've just played the best team in the country off the park for seventy-five minutes. Uh, that's something Man City got nowhere near to achieving two short weeks ago. The defence formations which aside, I feel, caused the confusion for their equaliser. Solid, know their roles. Midfield now growing to a unit we like. Uh, we've not se- The like we've not seen for several years. This week, those players have racked up a lot of air miles. So again, the late drop-off can be explained. Good point. Yeah, good point. We've never made that point. Very no, good. Good point. Because well. Caicedo and Enzo were both playing in South America, weren't they? Caicedo was exhausted at the end. Mm. Uh, attack, what a superstar we have. And Palmer agreed completely. Mudrick growing by the game, yeah. Sterling being a leader, yeah. We're still missing that lethal poacher, though. Jackson could have ended it with that chance. Again, I won't hold any single player accountable. But he's not playing well, Dara, you must admit. 
He's not looking. But he's not play, he, he didn't play well in the 15, 25 minutes he had. But I yeah. said on the show, I said that was unlike him. Normally, he's even if he's not scoring, he's buzzing around. He wasn't buzzing, buzzing around. around. So yeah. maybe he, he uh, didn't something, buzz, yeah, did something wrong with him. But uh, he was he great did. against Burnley in his cameo. A lovely goal he scored. Yeah, excellent. And uh, and he may work wonderfully with Nkunku. We've got to, we'll see. I mean, Nkunku might give him a headache as to where he plays. But, um, uh, and also in the game as well, Reese came on. And Reese, when he's at his best, is can be world-class. But we're not seeing that yet. Anyway, we're learning, it's clear. This is a young team. The effort they're showing is enough to give me hope. That plus their learning, in addition to the considerable talent, as the makings for a fun season. I agree, Dara. I think, it, yeah. Let's look at the positives. Yeah, we'll look great. At, we'll look great at times. Times will shit the bed, but the latter will be taken on board. I think we'll see a few mistakes repeated, Poch included. After eighteen months of utter shit, not just talking performance, atmosphere, external factors, not just general shoot Chelsea down. Something's changing. Yep. Bit too soon for Chelsea are back. Maybe it's closer than we thought. Chidge, I'll see you soon for another beer. Ticket exchange permitting. Take care. Up the Chelsea. Dara Byrne. Sweet, sweet. You've 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 met Dara on a few occasions. I you? have, I have. I think the last time I was able to uh, have uh, a drink or five in the Cock Tavern after a game. I'm just trying to remember that when that might have been. I must have been staying in London. When the fuck was that? I can't even remember, Dara, but I, I do remember having a drink. It must have been this season, I think. But anyway, I do remember having a drink with you in the cock, and it was lovely to meet you and have a proper chat. And I think uh, I introduced... I was with uh, Nathan and and the usual reprobates that were hanging around in there. Dan was there. Lovely Paul. Dan, Dan's mate Paul was there. We were having a right old drink up. And it was good to meet you, Dara. So, yeah, I ho- hopefully we'll catch up again soon. So there you go. In fact, as as it happens... I'll have my drinking head on on Saturday after the uh, Brentford game if you're around, but uh, we shall see. But good mail, good mail. Yeah. He, he agrees what we think mostly. And a good about. lad too. Um, <clears throat> this is from the legend that is Loz Barnes, who of course is uh, one of the, the absolute bastions of the Chelsea Fancast Discord group and uh, and Mixler. He's often in Mixler too and... Uh, a Patreon, and we love Lars. He's he's a great, great bloke. Um, and you know, if we were in the style of Gary Brussels, um, when he said men, Lars would definitely be included in that category of men. I think. So there you go. Hi, Chidge, Sir Jonathan of Kid, hello, and esteemed guest from the fancast roster. There ain't no guest. Uh, been a while since I've emailed, partly because the quality of the in off the post emails has been superb. Yep. and reflective of my feelings this this season. So why parrot till you have something a little different to add value? Does this mean this will be different? It does. I feel it, I, I feel it must be. I feel it must. It, yeah, it must. It must and shall be different. Plus, a lot of my Matchdale bile is dispersed in the Discord group, allowing instant therapy to take place as we collectively lick our wounds. Thankfully, that has turned around recently, and long may that continue. Before the main reason for this missive one comment, Jackson really is shit. <laughs> and I hope a true nine shows up in January, as that just may see us in with a shout at an FA Cup at least this year. Yes, you were protecting him, weren't you, in the last one when you said it was a good 15 minutes and he ran around? Because he has looked, he did look terrible. 
He didn't. He. Uh, I, I was. I was fucking apoplectic at him after the Arsenal Missed game. Goal. Yeah. Because yeah. I felt when he came on, it was like playing with ten men. The pressing, because as we know, the, the yeah, but the pressing up till then started with uh, Connor Mudrick. and uh, no Connor and Palmer actually, but Mudrick and Sterling were were doing a good job as well as doing it defensively. It, for some reason, that all stopped. It was like because they kind of changed system. It was like you know Connor and Palmer moved back a bit, so we so we suddenly had a number nine. And it just opened up a space between the midfield and the the attack. And he fucking yeah, did yeah. nothing. He did fucking yeah. nothing, mate. He just didn't run around. He just... Fucking hell, man. Anyway, I was pissed off, as you can tell. But he hasn't been like that. Like I said, I, I mean, you know, fair is fair. I, I agree with Laws. He was shit on, on against Arsenal. But we have watched him, and, and he may not be able to hit a cow's ass with a banjo, but he makes a nuisance of himself. He harries. He chases people down. He presses. You know, he's in, He's he, you know, minimum requirement, I know, but he does do it. But he just didn't do it against Arsenal, and, and I thought that, that was odd, which makes me think maybe something was up with him. But anyway, back to Laws. So, as you both know, like you, I am at an age where I've seen it all and nothing surprises me. My granddad has p- had passed the blue disease down to me and now over 50 years of fandom later, I will always be grateful. But there was a gap in my own household that I had failed to achieve, passing it on to my own sons. <sighs> laws, 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 laws. Yes, of course. I had forced fed it to them as little kids, but they are now 33 and 29. And Bar still uh, Bar sitting watching a game to humour Dad when it just wasn't sticking. The older guy is off and married and fond uh, and fond and sorry and found rock music as his love and hobby and was never truly a sports fan. The younger one played at a high level, even had to put up with my coaching for a few years, but discovered girls and drifted from the game. Little did I know that fate would play a trick I never saw coming. I got a call early this year from him asking if I'd seen the new shirt without a sponsor. Within two days, he was wearing it with pride at my place and engaging about the rebuild at the bridge. Next, he started to come to watch games without a prompt from me, googling players he hadn't heard of and wondering how how Jackson can be so soft for a big unit. Uh, it's because he pulls his shorts up too high, I think. Anyway, this kind of, yeah, exactly. Perhaps, well, I think what I'm trying to say is maybe it re- reduces his his testosterone. His, his spermatozoa is lacking. He's crushing his ghoulies, mate. Yes. 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 He's in permanent pain This team has become Crushed a... Crushed nuts. Crushed nuts, indeed. This team has become his team. Cole Palmer has become his version of my Butch Wilkins. He is suddenly all in and made this old fart so happy words won't do it justice. I always felt if you fell in love with a team, you were in for life. Watching him experience the highs and lows of the Arsenal game yesterday just cemented how this young team has pulled him in a way I never could have made happen. I could almost give Todd a hug. I did say almost. What is very clear, the future is blue. Up the chills, Laws. Laws, what I would say, what I would say is this is the oldest trick in the book for parenting, really. One that, you know, us died-in-the-wall Chelsea fans with children just will never understand. We, we, as Jonathan will attest, we tend to just go for the brainwashing from the year dot and uh, almost refuse to accept that they, they can have any freedom of choice at all. 
but actually the real trick in parenting is to show indifference is is to not force it down their throat make them very clear you know what's going on but allow them to make the decision and then it becomes their idea they take ownership of it and then they are fundamentally uh you know in for life i mean my nephew jk um, because my sister avowedly hates football, but Chelsea in particular, largely because she was married to Dr. Mart, uh, which put her off for life. Um, I, I was therefore very careful not to go too large on Sasha with the old football and uh, and try and brainwash him and bully him into supporting Chelsea. But he knew that I was... I mean, I've told you about that conversation I had with him one Christmas and he came up to me and started talking to me about Eden Hazard going to Real Madrid. And I said... Uh, you never talked to me about football before, Sasha. And he said, oh. I said, so I said, so who do you support then? And he said, looked at me like I was a complete fuckwit and said, Chelsea, of course. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, because of you. And I said, well, what do you mean? Because He said, well, you know, because you do that podcast and you write for the fanzine and everybody at school knows who you are. And I was like, oh, okay, job done. (laughs) (laughs) I said, would you like to go to a game? He said, oh, yes, please. And so I, you just, you attracted him a little bit. You gave him a little bit of poison to I, come along. I was clever about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was slightly clever with Georgia, except Georgia is now, her enthusiasm has waned because they were so bad last year. Yeah, well, she, she made, she, you see, she made the mistake, which is not your fault, but she, you know, I'm not going to cast aspersions on the fact that it's because she's a girl, but she, she did, she became a player, a, 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 what do they call it? A fanboy or a fangirl in her, because she fell in love with mason mount yeah which is the modern way it has to be said you know she likes reese though but then reese got injured and doesn't play she's chosen every player she's chosen to like has has either been transferred or got injured encourage her to like jackson she'll definitely not want to see them play then if that's the case you know what I'm saying. Anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> there are other players I could encourage her to like, like Enzo or, or No, 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 no. Nobody we like. No. no, that's true. It's the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I think knowing her, she'll just go, you encourage me to like the shittest player on the side. And then she won't want to come. Yeah. She's a bit, anyway. She's let's... a bit mercurial like her father, mate. Yes, like her father. Yes, yes. Up and down, hither and thither. Yeah, excuse me, I'm going to blow my nose. Ah, it's George Spencer. Not, not, George has not just come out of JK's nose, in case anybody was asking. <laughs> I blew my nose and there he was. Well, I know, he said, it's George Spencer. No, mate, you can't blow George Spencer out of your nose. Unless, that, unless that's a, another euphemism for bugle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rather than Charlie, it becomes George. Yeah. Yeah. We love Tuchel. We love George Spencer. Doesn't quite scan, does it? Dear Chidgy and JK, hope this email's not too late. I completely forgot about it last night. It's had a busy weekend. Well, quite frankly, George, it's not good enough. You have to be on the ball here. Yeah, come on, George. You're supposed to be the fifth Beatle, aren't you? I mean, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's supposed to every week there's a mail. Yeah. And what's going But that was great, but he's put at least for 75 minutes. Then Sanchez who, by the way, um, got a vote of confidence from Potch during the week, saying, no, he's the goalkeeper, and uh, he will make the odd... He's doing exactly what I want him to do. He will make the odd mistake, but he's the goalkeeper. Then Sanchez decided to randomly give the ball away. We turned into Tottenham for the remainder of the match. It started so well, too, with an ice-cold Palmer penalty and Mudrick making Raya look like David Seaman. Even then, we could still have nicked to win had Jackson been a bit more clinical. I think that's phrasing it really rather... 
pleasantly, isn't it? If he hadn't um, rounded the goalkeeper and then worked out he didn't really know what to do next. Kick the fucking ball into the net, you know. No, no. Not even Winchester City could make things better as we lost 2-1 at home with Taharo Borough thanks to a poor performance and an Anthony Taylor-esque referee. Highlights including sending a player off for denying a goal-scoring opportunity for a foul on the halfway line and ruling out a legitimate goal for offside. Thankfully, the women came to the rescue with a 4-2 win over Brighton in a very full Kings Meadow. He could arguably have been played at the bridge. The only downsides were the addition of We Hate oh, Tottenham. no, Liquid. really? Yeah, and kids asking for Fuck shirts. You know. uh, oh, no. It's starting already. Yeah, but at, uh, at a WSL game, it raises more red flags than a Chinese military parade. And we'll try to get tickets to all the women's away matches in London, starting with the Emirates in December. Until next time, up the Chelsea. George Spencer. Good old George. Good old Good George. Old well done, George. Well done, George. We expect you every week to yeah. be right. These mates. It's lovely to hear from him. It always is. Uh, right. This is from Brian Della Bernarda. Good evening, SC. That's Stamford Chidge. And JK. Sounded weird as I was typing. We better not change a classic name such as Stamford Chidge. Damn right, Brian. Damn right. Anyway, I've seen a lot of people downing uh, the draw, but let's not forget this team is still a work in progress. And what a world of difference a real manager makes. Potch is the real deal. He absolutely owned Arteta tactically, and if it was not if it was if it was not for that Sanchez pass, uh, we would have. If it wasn't for that meddling Sanchez, we would have locked <laughs> that game down. You pesky kids. You pesky kids. You pesky goalkeepers. Uh, we rattled the top Arsenal team from the back line to the front, and I'll take all the building points I can get. Looking forward to hearing from two of the best in the podcast game. It'll be you and me, JK, apparently. Uh, your really? state, Yeah. Oh. Your stateside... Gr- oh, oh, hello. This is... Oh, oh. There's music to my ears. Your stateside graphic designer, if anything is needed, Brian Della Bernarda. And as always, up the chels. Yes, Brian, I, I'm always needing, you know, because uh, we, t- we never do any graphic design on the Chelsea fan cast, apart from dear Brian, bless his heart. Another Brian, funnily enough, Brian Wolf and, and Walker pitch in occasionally and uh, Richard Shallow occasionally. But yeah, if you're up for it, mate, and you can do it quick, then uh, I'll get in touch with you. Thank, thank you very much for offering. Um, I would also say that I, I made a big play of... Uh, mentioning how much Potch had owned Arteta tactically, both on the Monday Night Show and at the Mickey Thomas gig. Did I not, JK? You certainly did, Chidge. That was your your big device. It was the leitmotif of all your conversation. It was a goodie. I don't think it was a leitmotif. It was a heavy motif, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all right. It was the torpedo (laughs) that blew everybody else up. Um, but yes, well done. Well done, Brian. Yeah. And, um, uh, I need a bit of graphic design as well. So, uh, um, but, um, uh, you I can't, think, do... I think, I think we should call Richard our cartoonist really, shouldn't we? Yeah. Could we get an animator as well? I don't know. Maybe. We, Chidge, Chidge and JK's, um, we could, activity... do, we could do a cartoon. That's, yeah, exactly what I meant. Chidge and JK's activity at the bridge. Do you know Chidge what? And... Visit the bridge. Oh, 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 oh. We should, oh, oh. yeah, I'd like, yeah, we could do something. It's Chidge and JK. You, oh. could, you, could, you could do my voice and I could do your voice. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And we could make up little stories. That's another, hey, this is this is all another addition to the Chelsea Fancast franchise. 
you know, because I think we should become a franchise podcast. I had a great idea today. I'm going to share this with you. I'm sitting on the bog. I, I, all my best ideas are while sitting on the bog because it's the only fucking peace I get. I kid you not. I sit on the bog having a dump. I get no fucking interruptions and I am at peace with the world and my own. Nice focus. Good focus. And my own thoughts. I came up with this idea. And it was basically, I'm very pissed off, as we will discuss them on tomorrow night's preview show, with Sky and uh, and the Premier League. And I thought, do you know what this is crying out for? Because basically I think that they have absolute contempt for supporters, for match-going supporters, because they prove this time and time and time again with fixture changes, uh, time, sh- uh, you know, the, the scheduling, now the Christmas evening. And I thought it'd be really funny if, if J.K. and I dressed up in suits and very badly ill-fitting uh, wigs and did a like a, not a, like a Melon Griff type routine, but a playing, I can't even, I, the guy's such a dick that I don't even know his name, but it, it might be Richard Masters, actually, who's the head of the PL and whoever the chief of Sky is. And we could do a conversation, me and Jakey, having a chat about how we stitch the fans up next time. And I thought I could write a script for that and me and JK could do it and we'd film it and put it on fanbite or something. I don't know. What do you think? Love it. Yeah. I I used to do this a lot when I was working for <coughs> Nuts TV. Um, I, I used to do a lot of those things uh, with... Uh, with Because basically we had, um, you know, we could do what the fuck we liked. You know, nobody... We were like a bunch of kids in the playground. Nobody really kept us in order and i had lots of comedians to you know jake yap yeah yeah jakey's a good friend he used to be there jeff norcott he was there and i used to just like get together with jake and jeff and we would like write up sketches and things all the time and just film them for fun it was interesting wasn't it that period where further down the uh, the sky list you got it was like alternative it was sort of alternative stuff you get on there like there was an audi channel do you remember that they had a they got one, and it was just nothing but cars for yeah. hours. Vorsprung durch TV. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure they called it that. It would have been good to have called it that. Word. But um, And then you also got the, I think they added on, there was the odd God Squatter one on there as well, and there was the odd, they were just sort of esoteric channels which were on the main, how do you call it, transponder, before they became little, slightly put, put in little more, in, in little, uh, um, they got tucked away as it went further, as the as the channel got more and more successful. But originally, I remember nuts, watching Nuts TV and thinking, oh, this is just slightly, oh, it's, it's slightly rude, isn't it? Ooh, I think, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to looking at this. Did you, ever, did you ever watch Shed Sports 1? I think I did, yeah. I did that. Yeah. That was me. Was it? Yeah. I, mean. I used to write all the scripts for that. With Jeff, actually. Me and Jeff used to write them. But uh, I, there was a brilliant line I came, uh, came up with, which... Uh, I can't remember now, but it's the best line I've ever written. I can't remember it, but it's brilliant. And I got Jeff to read it out. And uh, it was very, I've got very close to the bone with a lot of the stuff, as you can imagine. But I think my finest moment, sorry, we're going on a massive diversion here, people. This is, this is so fucking self-absorbed, isn't it? I, I do realise, so don't write in next week saying, for fuck's sake, Chidge, shut up about your bloody past TV career. We don't care. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to carry on with it because uh, I am so self-absorbed. But uh, we, we filmed uh, down at Craven Cottage because we were so desperate for, for content. We couldn't show any football or anything like that. So we went down to Craven Cottage, me, a cameraman, and would you believe Gemma Keys, Richard Keys' daughter. Um, 
And she was lovely, actually. I was very fond of Jem. Anyway, so she would do Vox Pops with horrible, spotty football fans from all around the country. So we were outside the Johnny Haynes stand. And uh, so she was on a mic and the, and uh, quite on quite a long... Uh, I, I had her on a long lead. <laughs> and uh, she was interviewing somebody doing a Vox Pop. And about 15 uh, Fulham fans, who must have been about 15 came storming past going, get your tits out for the lads. Anyway, one of them didn't see the long cable that I was holding, which was attached to her microphone, and kind of half tripped over it. But instead of completely going arse over tit, he managed to like stagger for a bit and he brought Gemma down with him. And it was all really a bit unfortunate for her, actually, uh, as you can imagine. Anyway, the next morning I I ran, ran the whole take as the first item on Shed Sports 1. And I had Jeff sitting there uh, with a very stern look on his face. And he said, uh, we had a report. Uh, our lovely Gemma Keys uh, was down at the Craven Cottage last night to report on the football. And I'm very disturbed and sorry to report that she was a victim of some callous football hooliganism as Fulham's top firm assaulted her. And because uh, it was because it was just they were just kids, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> And we just went on a diatribe about the, about Ful- Fulham's hooligan firm, who are basically a bunch of kids. We just had so much fun, really, just cocking about, you know. Anyway, shall I add as, that? As, as you and I have on here, indeed. Shall I add that out? Was that really rubbish? No, no, it was good. It was good. It, it gave it revealed more about you, which I think people need to know. Okay, I think it was rather self-absorbed, actually, and not that funny. You could edit it out if you want. I'm just having a crisis in confidence, really. Don't have, don't have, Chid. We all have them. Okay, don't. all right. You're good, Chid, you're good. Thankfully, you're good. thankfully, it's time for the next email, which is for you. Philip Kenley, in defence of Rajiv. Um, all of you uh, seem like Rajiv. Rajiv. Shouldn't it be Rahim? What do you think, Chid? I don't know. Maybe read the email and find out. Hey, why don't I read the email? Then I might find out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All of you seem always so quick to have a go at Sterling. And why not, Philip? Why not? To be why not? To be fair, this <laughs> supports and journalists supports. I think you mean supporters and journalists of every colour have been doing all his career, including England fans. There is something about him that attracts negativity. The fact that he's shit. Yes, no, the fact that he can be shit. For your part, there is not a podcast episode goes by without the last two years' troubles being placed squarely on his shoulders of Sterling and Potter. Personally, I think the downward spiral has been in place for a good two years before either of them came along. Well, that's that's good to know, Philip, but I don't think that's true at all. I think um, we're allowed to say that Potter was shit because he was, and we're allowed to say that, as you said earlier on, he was abject last year, but he's been good this year and he's getting better, but he still needs to take um, responsibility for the fact he's on the most money and he's the sen- most senior player and he needs to be very good every game, Philip. But anyway, anyway, what got my goat? Oh, my goodness me. What got my goat from last week's episode was you accusing Sterling of having a huge ego. That's why he tried to take the penalty on Saturday. Um what was the, the other theory was that uh, um, Enzo told him not to take the penalty. I don't know. Actually, what Sterling did was super classy. Oh, and I believe you read something into it that was not there. Enzo was the designated penalty taker and Sterling was reminding Palmer of that and handing Enzo the ball. Oh, yes, I heard that too. Enzo then gestured as if to say, no worries, let him take it. 
I'm going to have to look at that. I think you're wrong, actually, Philip. I think it was the opposite. I think that Cole got it, uh, tried to take it to the spot. Sterling took it off him, and Enzo said, no, he is a penalty taker. I think that's what happened. But we will have a, I'll have a look at it. I've, I've, I've got it, still got it on the box. I'll play it back. I believe that is what happened. I believe it was worth writing to put the record straight. Thanks for listening. Sent from my iPhone, possibly using voice recognition. Bad grammar and unintelligible sentences are inevitable. So in other words, that's what happened at the front because it should have been Rahim rather than Rajiv. And I think that was because uh, the iPhone misinterpreted it if it was... Um, he did it. He did it by voice. He did it by voice. Okay. Did it by voice. Well done. Well, well done, Philip. I, I like. I like the fact, Philip, old son, that you've come in on an angle. What's happening here? I think it's trying to. Um, you've got Siri going, haven't you? Yeah, something's gone. Yeah, yeah. Every you, time I raise, raise he's coming with a with a sliding tackle, and he's um, he's chopped us off at the Philip knee. does though. He does. This is Philip's métier. Yes, he likes a bit of métier like that. I like he? it. And I like it as well. I like it as well. But I, Philip, on account of what you're saying, I'm going to go and have a look at it, as I say, because I have it. I've got it still on Sky. And uh, I'm going to, because I record it. I will go to the game, then I record it and look back later and go, oh, that's what happened, was it? Because you see it slightly differently from the the stands, as you know. Um, But um, no, I don't think we're horrid about Sterling at all, though. This is the one thing I would say. But good of you to to come in and um, dispute it with us. But uh, no, I think we expect better of the most... Um, expensive, pay- well, not expensive, could mean overtaken, but he's paid the most money and he's the most experienced and he's supposed to, as you said, Chidge, earlier on, um, hit the ground running and be excellent every week and he's not. But he is getting better, which is good. I'm so, I, sorry, go on. I'm going to say I'll know tomorrow. I'll look at it in a minute and I'll okay. be able to will you Will you write oh. in and, and tell us? Funnily enough, I will, Chidge. Okay, you can write a response. Write a re- I will, I will, we have write another it. show, another show called Write a Reply. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, I'm so far I'm the only one writing for it. But that'll be quite funny. Anyway, um, I'm very fond of Philip because Philip always writes excellent emails. He quite often takes A, he quite often takes a different viewpoint, and B, he quite often sticks out me and JK, which I applaud him for. Yeah, yeah, and we need to be stuck out. No, we do. We we do say, no, we say some fucking ridiculously stupid things a lot of the time, and it's really good that people like Philip have the intelligence and the bravery to point that out. Um. So fair play, Philip. It's lovely to hear from you as well. I haven't heard from you for ages, and I've kind of been missing your emails as it happens. Um, I would, uh, I would just just reading back through it. I I think you well. Let, let me deal with us and Sterling. I mean, yeah, we can we can go large on him, that's for sure. But I do try and be fairly balanced. When he's been excellent, I will be the first to say he's been well, he excellent. Did. Like, we said he was yeah. excellent against Burnley. We yeah. said he was excellent against Luton. Exactly, and I and I and I will stick to that. But uh, if I think he's put in a stinker, I will say so. The now the other interesting thing is this whole thing about the penalty, the which we should really call penalty gate. I think, I I really honestly, Philip, I just went on what I saw on the TV, and and you know, so that's not exactly the best view I accept, but it it's that's what it looked like to me. Then we had Liam, our very good friend Liam Toomey, saying something very similar to what you were saying, um, on the Athletics podcast or in the Athletic, and also perhaps. He was also talking about the fact that it might have been a bit of a ruse to confuse Arsenal as to who was taking the penalty. There could have been that in there. So it's it's kind of, you know, taken on rather mystic proportions as, as to what actually really did happen. I mean, I don't know who the designated... I mean, if you, you're saying Enzo was the designated penalty... I, I don't know who the designated penalty taker is, actually, at Chelsea, but if you know 
then you're a better man than me. But if if you really do know that, then then that's more than I know. Um, I think ultimately it doesn't really matter, does it? Because ultimately we scored the pen. I personally, I think Palmer should be the designated penalty taker because he's got two out of two, and they've both been really good pens. He's, he can clearly take a pen. Enzo is about as useful taking a penalty as he is in having a shot from twenty yards. And I'm not. I can't remember. I mean, you would have thought. I thought so. you were going to say he's, he's having a shit from twenty yards. <laughs> I suspect he'd probably do that a little bit better. Well, maybe it's quite hard to have a shit and find the net from twenty yards. To be fair, you know, you'd have had to have a lot of enchiladas to make that one work. <laughs> but uh, and I, yeah, anyway, let's not go down that route. I'm accused of being racist again. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know who the designated penalty taker is. Um, but my my choice would be Palmer. So I think it all worked out in the end. But I just want to pick up on something you said that really attracted my attention earlier on. To be fair, this is what supports, uh, supporters and journalists of every colour have been doing all his career, including England fans. There is something about him that attracts negativity. Very, now, very conscious of the, uh, you know, the idea of unconscious bias, Philip. So I'm I'm very open to being. Well, I'm just very open to the fact that we might be being unconsciously biased about Sterling, that maybe we've unconsciously picked up on the... Hang on, just hear me out, JK. That We have uh, picked up on it because you're right. He does get a lot of grief. Um, he fucks a lot of people off in the media, doesn't he? There's There's been those very awful kind of, you know, basically quite racist articles written about him, you know, like... If a white player buys his mum a house, it's like a lovely thing. If Sterling does it, it's not seen as good. There's been a lot of really nasty stuff kicking about. And then there's the tattoo, isn't there? There was that whole who brouhaha about the tattoo of the gun on his leg. So I think you're right, Philip. I think I think Sterling has got a nasty, rather insidious amount of negativity about him in the in the press. And I wonder if that does rub off on us without us realising it. Um the reality is with Sterling, whatever we think about him as a football player, and, you know, JK and I largely stick to that. If we think he's shit, we'll say so. If we think he's played well, again, we'll say so. But I think, actually, there is something about Sterling that needs to be cherished. Because in those instances where the media, usually the Daily Fail, have had a go at him, he is really pushed back. And actually, maybe he needs to be cherished a little bit more for what for for, for the man that he is and the man that he's prepared to be. He's not prepared to sit there and not say anything. He actually has a go back and has been very articulate in doing so. And I think he's clearly a man of principle. And uh, I think he's probably got a very good heart. And as I said, this is a separate thing from whether we think he's a, you know can be a good footballer or not. But I think certainly as a man, I think there's a lot to admire about Sterling. So maybe we should be more mindful of that, JK. Um. Yes, I, but I don't think that should influence our assessment of him on no, the football. No, I, I said that. I said the two things are separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, I, I, I agree. He, he has had a, a lot, has taken a lot of flack. But I, I, I'm, I'm, we're not guilty of that at all. I don't think. We're no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not any player ever on the fan cast ever. No, we are, we are, we, we, we accept what we see, and if they're not playing well, we call it out. Oh, I absolutely said that, but as I said, I think you know it's easy. It's easy to 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 not you know to kind of be blinded. Uh, you know, you can be very stuck in the football. And I'm not. I mean, it's very difficult to, to articulate this because 
you know, really it's about the football, isn't it? What you see on the pitch, blah, blah, blah. But I do yeah. think we need to sometimes take the whole package into consideration. And I think, you know, there are a lot, of, an awful lot of very admirable things about Ryan Sterling that we, we lose sight of because we focus so much on the football. And, uh, you know, a guy like Sterling, you know, a, a young black guy from Brent getting absolutely hammered by the press in a rather kind of underhand racist way and him standing up to it is, I think, something to be immensely proud of that he does play for us, actually. And, of course, he was the player who was uh, um, belittled by the the fans when he went up close to them. Do you remember when they got banned? Or whatever? Yeah, there was that old hoo-ha here, wasn't there? And, and you know, I, I think... I think I think basically what I'm kind of saying in a very roundabout way is that Ryan Sterling's a much braver man than we perhaps give give credit to. And, you know, he's he's a bigger man than we give credit to, actually. So there you go. And it needs to be remembered. Yes, but um, I'd like him to do a whole season where he uh, allows our approbation from his for his skills on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. He's got to deliver on the pitch because ultimately, that is what it is all about. But anyway, I, 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 I'm just another thing really. Just a final point is Philip has this brilliant knack of doing this, and that's why I love him. Really, I read the email and it made me think. You know, and I like an email like that. It made me think, and I had a thought about what's going on, and I thought, hmm, maybe we're missing something here. So, as always, Philip, I'm in your debt for pointing all of that out. Well done, you. Right, last email of the week from Stephen Menery. Stephen, we haven't heard from you for a long time either, have we? It's great to hear from you. Hey, guys, not really something for off the post, more just my two pence toss in your direction. We had two pence earlier on, didn't we? Tuppence worth. Yeah, it's a lot of it about. That's inflation for you. Uh, I wonder if it is known that Palmer is a designated penalty taker. How bizarre this comes after the last email. But in the game against Arsenal, maybe Sterling was asking to take it in order to get the goal he wanted so he could make a political statement with his celebration. Typically, a shirt underneath with a message, Stephen Mennery. Uh, what, what, I don't know what the political statement would have been. And I don't know if he is the designated, as I said earlier on, um, I, didn't, I don't know if Palmer's the designated penalty taker, Sterling or Enzo or what, but what do you think about that one, JK? That's worth the thought-provoking one from Stephen, isn't it? It's a very good point, actually, also about the fact that lots of players may have, have forced themselves to wear a, sh- uh, a vest with a statement on it that they never get to show because they don't score a goal. And uh, and then the moment has gone. So, um, but yes, I wonder what political statement he could be making. It was... Uh, it was um, they, get, they get seriously I'm, hammered gonna, if they I'm, do I was going to say... Yeah. Would be contradictory to his contract anyway, so he couldn't. Yeah, they they get absolutely hammered for 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 doing anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so I don't. Know. Um, yeah, Stephen, if you if you have an idea what it would be, please write I th- in. I I know what it is. I know what his political statement would be. Okay, if he scores a goal, and he lifts up his shirt to reveal J.K. and Chidge can fuck off. They know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> God, if he did that, I would laugh, mate. I would laugh. <laughs> no, I'd be nice if he lifted and say, um, "Okay, Chidge and J.K., I'm doing my best." Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to be revisionist about Sterling, and and I, I, th- I think I would like to meet Sterling and have a chat with him. I think he'd be a very interesting character. Actually, I think he's, he's a very rich character, and I think 
there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. But he had a very good interview early on at the beginning of the season saying how he said he thought he got it wrong last year and he was going to make yeah. much more of an effort this year and um, uh, and take, do the be quicker, train better and uh, um, and use those talents that he was known for that he didn't use at all last year. He was I got the impression he was slightly ashamed of the way he played last year, as I think they all were in the end. Um, he, but he didn't really admit that. He just said, "I'm going to be better than last year," and I because that's all I want to do. And I've only got a short time before I'm retired. You don't have a great long time being a footballer, and I need to be the best at my job. And that's what he said. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, and, and we were all a bit dubious because he was so bad last year. But um, he 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 has he has made an improvement. So, uh, um, if it's if it's going to grow every time he plays, then uh, in injury. Not, not taking place, obviously. We hope he doesn't get injured. Um, uh, I expect to see a, 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 a really excellent player by, in about three months' time, and then we'll be saying, "My goodness me, look at that improvement!" It's so. it's, it's it's such a you know this is the 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 plight of the football supporter, isn't it? We're so you know uh, quick to judge uh, anybody, aren't we? And and, and Cucurella's been an example, yeah, hasn't exactly. But I mean, Christ on a bike, we could go down the. I mean, I will. It'll go to my grave that how I pilloried poor old John Obi McKell. I hated him, couldn't stand him. What's the fucking point of McKell? And then had a massive conversion when I got what what he did and why he did it and all the rest of it. Uh, I, I I called Frank Lampard Frank Lampost for his first year at Chelsea because I thought he was rubbish. I mean, God, there are, you could you could fill two or three teams worth of people that I thought were rubbish and shouldn't play for the club, who then ended up being bloody marvellous. I mean, we could all do that, couldn't we? I mean, we're quick to judge, aren't we? Because we want everything now. We want it all to be perfect now. We want it yesterday. Yesterday, mate. We've got no patience. <laughs> Silly old sods that we all are, but there you go. That's football, isn't it? Uh, and that, I'm afraid, dear people, is in off the post for this week. It's been huge fun. Uh, we are, uh, as I said, it's all, it's all we've got time for this week. Uh, Jake and I will be back on Friday. That is tomorrow in uh, in pound sterling uh with tony glover the glover man is come in to sub for clayton beerman who can't make it tomorrow and we will be looking ahead to chelsea versus brentford so make sure you come and join us at the usual time of jk half past seven seven thirty seven thirty yes. is that all right for you yeah lovely thank you don't be late because we've got your mate greville on yes good old greville. at eight o'clock sharp yeah, yeah, I get it. I've got to be there for some thirty. Yeah, yeah. Right. and the, the problem because the family are in Penzance. Ah, so you're on your on your own. On me, Todd. On me, Todd okay. Sloan. Right. So there we go. So we'll see you all at half seven tomorrow. Quick shout out for Patreon. If you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron, which means you can patronise us. Well, I always like the idea of being patronised. Uh, basically, that means bunging us a few quid every month uh, to keep a smile on my face. And uh, if you do that, you go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And of course, you will get uh, a mini Kerry Dixon banner if you want one. And uh, you get to join our Discord group, which is brilliant. It's like Mixler 24-7. And if you want your email, Patreon, Instagram post or tweet or Facebook message to be read out on the show, give them to me. I mean, really, I say Sunday, but we do them so ad hoc, it doesn't really matter. But Sunday's good for me. And the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast and uh, me at Stamford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. There you go. JK, it's been marvellous catching up with you in the middle of the week as always. 
Very good fun, Chidge. Well done. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so, and as always, fantastic emails. Yeah, brilliant emails. I mean, they, 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 they uh, we, we don't do them justice, and they do us immense credit. So, well done, everybody who sends them in. We do appreciate it. Uh, right, that's it. We're off. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.